1: Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from my office. And uh, Michelle just wrote and said, I looked up your address on a website. I want to send my autism story from Spectrum Magazine from Autism Empowerment. Let me give you our address. We have moved. We are in uh, Woodland Hills still, but our address, and I have to check it because I'm not good with numbers, 20750 Ventura Boulevard. Um, and we are Suite One Sixty Five, and that is Woodland Hills, California, and the the zip code is nine one three six four. So you can write to us there. That's where we are. Good morning, Susie B. How are you? So thrilled to have you here, and Laurie. Good morning to you as well. I'm so thrilled to be here, you guys. We're going to be live for the next hour talking about a subject that really gets me going, and that is getting ready for back to school. It's that time of year. It's my favorite time of year, except for Christmas time. Um, because I love all the things that happen in the fall, right? That we go back to school because for so many reasons, for, you know, it's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. It's a time when you can do things over. You can, you can say, well, that was the past and this is the future and we're going to start anew. I, I almost feel that it's more that than New Year. Um, because it's the beginning of a new journey, a new adventure. And if we look at it that way, and if we get excited about it that way, that translates to the people around us, whoever they may be. So we're going to be talking about that um, throughout this hour. And if you have questions about back to school and how to make it easier and happier and more fun and to enjoy it, boy, I really want to hear those questions because this is super duper important to me. Partially because even as a kid, I loved the whole back to school thing. I just love the fall I love all the things that come with the fall and you know it's it's just a different pace. I love summer. Summer's super fun but I, I love the when there's the Christmas crisp I love Christmas coming too at the end. It feels like the reward at the end of fall. Um, But I loved all the new stuff. You know, you got new pencils and new erasers and new shoes and all of that stuff. And, And you got to meet new people and learn new things and go on a new journey. And I always, always loved that. And then I was a teacher for many years and a college professor for many years. And I loved that sort of energy of, okay, we're all, we're going on a journey together and and here's the roadmap for it, and here's how we'll know we've been successful. I love learning, and and I love the whole process of learning when it's done right, and when it isn't done right, it is hiccup city, and it can be horrible, right? So I want to pack things into your backpack that will make it easier for you and for the people that you love that are on the spectrum. If you watch the show, you know that's what we're all about here. That uh, our show is meant to give information and inspiration. Uh, we're getting mic popping. Hmm. I'm gonna make sure that everything is plugged in right. I don't know what's going on. Uh, tell me if it gets any better, uh, Trayvon, uh, or if you need me to try something else. Sorry that we're having issues this morning. My mouse also isn't working this morning, so we don't know what's up with that. Uh, super duper fun. But uh, in any case, I was saying uh that. Our, our goal here is to provide information and inspiration and that's to that whole wider autism community it starts with people who are on the spectrum of course they're the beating heart of our community but then it extends to everyone who loves those individuals that's what we're all about I'm one of those people I'm in that camp I'm'm a, I'm a pony uh, a proud parent of a neurodiverse individual uh, and we Trayvon wants me to turn the mic down itself. And of course it's difficult because I don't have a mouse, but here, let's try this. Uh, we're going to, oh, now I don't know what I've done, Trayvon. <laughs> now I don't. now I'm, I'm off into la la land with things that I'm, that I'm pushing. Let me go to the settings and see if I can do it from there. No, probably not. You'd have to tell me where to go. Um, sorry, you guys, we want you to, be able to hear everything that we have and and maybe I need to talk softer. Uh no, there's no dial on the, the microphone, Traven. It doesn't work that way. There is a um there's an app and I have the app. See, cause we we unplugged my microphone and we put a new uh microphone in for a day and now we've gone back to the old microphone. Sorry you guys. I can't I don't see anything. If you want to come in and play with it, uh, Traven, while I'm talking, maybe we need to do that. And you guys will get to see Traven on camera. That's a distinct possibility. And I'm, in the meantime, I'll talk a little less excitedly uh so that we don't have as much popping. But uh we're we're here for all of you is what my point is. Everybody has a place here, everybody has a voice. You know, we welcome all opinions about all things. Heaven knows I always tell you guys I'm not an expert in anything. I'm just a cheerleader who cares very deeply in your corner. And yes, I I I'm not even an elder statesman in this community. I, I, I want to be clear about that. There are pioneers who came way before me who did amazing things. And I I learned from them, right? I'm just a person on this path with you who cares deeply and wants, I have a karmic debt to pay down and heaven knows I can talk. If, if Somebody said the other day, what's your superpower? My superpower is that I can talk you and anyone else under the table. I can keep talking even in my sleep. So that's what I'm here to do to help with the power of my voice to help you to get to information that hopefully will help you. So that's what we're all about here. Okay. So we're going to get to all of that. But before we do, we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Some of you are already writing in, and I'm loving hearing from you. Please feel free to write in your questions. We also podcast. We're a free podcast wherever you download your podcast. It's a free podcast. We have changed up our format a little bit. So the only place that you can get the video podcast for the newer videos is on YouTube. And we really encourage you to go to our YouTube page and put things in the search feature and see what you find. Because we've been doing this now for 11 years. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, but there's a fair amount of information from a fair amount of experts. And don't feel like, well, but this video is 10 years old, and so there's no way to talk to the expert. Most of them are still alive, and we're in good stead with most of them, and we can still reach out to them. So don't be afraid to reach out to us with a question. Um, even if it was from a long time ago. Sometimes it takes me a minute to track down the expert and sometimes it takes them a minute to get back to me, but then they do and it's all good. So uh, feel free to check that out. But also you guys have shown us and and said to us and shown us that you really enjoy our the podcast version of the show and that you are okay with it just being audio only. And that is... A, a leaner, meaner thing for us to be able to do when we upload the huge files to the a video, to the podcast um, places, it's just time consuming and it's rudely, rudely expensive. So uh, we've stopped doing that from now, but tell us if we need to change that. And speaking of expensive, because, you know, in, in the we're about nine months uh, now that we've been part of the autism network and that we went out on our own and joined the uh, together with the newly formed autism network. And we're bringing you guys new programming, but because we're moving back into the studio and out of COVID, mode that um, we are once again uh, revving up to include commercials here on the show. And we are very fussy about who we give commercial time to. But if you have a business or you know someone who has a business who would like to do really uh, cost-effective marketing to people who are interested in good products for the autism community, please reach out to us because we'd like to partner with you or with your friends who are like-minded like that. And if you do, if they turn into a advertiser here at autism live, I will happily sign and send you one of my books for free as a thank you to you for doing that. So I hope if you want to advertise, you will reach out to us and you can reach out either directly to me, Shannon at autism live.com. Or you can reach out to marketing at autismnetwork.com. I hope you guys are checking out the website, autismnetwork.com. We continue to put new stuff up on there. It is still very much a work in progress, that website, but we are updating it every day and I hope that you're checking that out. Okay, now it is time for us to venture into jargon of the day. And uh, this is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are the experts talking about? What I'm like trying to whisper to not mess up the microphone. Uh, What are they talking about? Why don't they use regular language? You know, that's a soapbox I'm on, right? Uh, So today, because we're doing our whole talk about back to school, we're talking very specifically about uh, our jargon term today, because it's something that can really help us, and that is token economy. And somewhere in here, I I have um, some of the the sheets that I've used in the past. Um, I, I was going through my file drawer, and that was probably what was making so much noise before Traven. Um, but when you do let's talk what token economy is then I'll show you some examples that I've got okay so uh, let's first we look at our actual definition which is also miserable uh, sometimes and doesn't really help us to understand what it is that we're talking about then we give you a working definition which is less exact but maybe more user friendly and I generally try to give you an example so that it so that hopefully by the end of the example, you go, okay, I have at least a beginner's understanding of what that would look like and what that would be useful for. You may not understand the whole concept. Um, but what I find happens is that later on when there is a need for it, or you see it, you go, oh, that's that thing that she was talking about. And it all sort of clicks into place. And that's perfectly okay. If you really don't understand it at the end of the definition, please don't beat yourself up. It's probably me. Some of these concepts are convoluted. Um, and sometimes they take three, four, five, eighteen 18 times. Listen, uh, they explained extinction to me so many times, and I really super didn't get it. For the longest time, I think it took me three, maybe four years to get extinction. And then once I got it, I went, oh, how could I not have gotten this? But I just wasn't, my head wasn't ready for it, if that makes sense. Anyway, so let's take a look at our actual definition of token economy. Ready? Here we go. Earning generalized, and I've got a thing right in the way of that, earning generalized condition reinforcers as an immediate consequence for specific behaviors, then exchange them for backup reinforcers. And this is why we do jargon of the day. Because if you need, if somebody said to you, hey, you know what would be really good for your kiddo? A token economy. And you were like, hey, if it's really going to be good for for my kiddo and might be a success strategy for school, then I'm going to do that. And you, and you, go token economy definition, and this is what you get, earning generalized condition reinforcers as an immediate consequence for specific behaviors, then exchange them for backup reinforcers. Now, if you've been in this journey for a while and you've been watching the show and watching the jargon, it might make sense to you. And you know what? If it does, you need to do a little party in your living room today and go, look at how much I'm learning that I understand what that means. But for... Anybody who has not spent years having ABA and, and watching our show, I, you would still look at this and go, what? Are you out of your mind? I have no idea what that means. And I have no idea what that looks like. So let's, this is why we do jargon. Let's go to our working definition. So working definition, here we go. When a child earns tokens, stickers, coins, or something else that is motivating so they can trade it for something else. Now, I do want to say, here's the problem with doing the jargon. And when we give you the, the working ones is that I said they're less specific, right? But you start to get an understanding. So the child is going to earn a token, a sticker, or a coin for something that they've done as a motivation to keep doing it, and then they're gonna be able to trade that in for something else. What does that sound like to all of you? Does that sound like vaguely familiar? Because if it wasn't children, then what would this be? Do you, are you on a token economy? Am I on a token economy? You betcha. Because money is a token economy. So you do something, let's say that you go and install a fence for someone and they give you money. If you think about it, what is money? Money is a token. It's pretty much, they're not quite stickers, but it's pieces of paper or it's coins, right? And what do you do? You don't go, you know, I love, we all say, oh, I love money, but you know, you're not, unless it's the one $5 bill from when you started your business, you're not framing it and putting it on the wall. Um, You use it to exchange it for something else. You go to Target and say, I would like to buy a toothbrush with this, right? And it's the toothbrush that you wanted. And so then you go back and you install another fence because you like getting the money, which you can trade for other things. So that is what a token economy is. And uh, the token system, uh, you figured one out that works. I love that, Christina. So the, the problem with uh, money is that for little kids, they only see it as pieces of paper and it's not exciting to them. So we need to give them a token economy that makes sense to them. So what we do is we create tokens and stickers and coins, and we create visual boards that help them to know uh, what they're working for. So I have in my hand here, and I'm I'm searching for the other things. And of course, I can't lay my hands directly on them. I just had them out last week in preparation for this, and I don't know what I've done with them. Um, but okay, here here is what I, what I've done. You can see there I put them on a clear laminated sheet, and there was a there was one big sheet that I thought I would have that said, what are you working for? And, and so he could choose, this was when my son was very little, he could choose to work for a toy, a play date, video games, or swimming. Um, And then here I have, I was going to cut all these out. I have little stickers. I have a star and I have uh, a little work symbol that he liked. Um, We used to do Disney stickers like there was a period of time when he was really into Mickey Mouse and the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And so we use those. Then he was into Spider-Man and we use we use Spider-Man stickers, whatever they're really into. It's got to be reinforcing for them. And you see, I also have yellow dots here and I have red dots and I have green dots. A token economy uh, system. Can include all kinds of things. And by the way, you can make your own and you design it however you want it. I was really into this as a parent, but they make them now on your phone. There are apps and you can download one. But what I love about this kind of a token economy, I wish I could find the rest of it, is that these are really effective at school. You can send the token economy to school, and there you can make as and you can do it on a sheet of paper. But you can make boxes on it that you can just do broad sweeps, like morning, afternoon, lunch, you know, and those are the three times of the day. And then whoever is working with them can give them, say, a green dot and say that they're doing a really good job. Um, and that if they get three green dots, if there's three categories and they get three green dots, that they win one of these when they come home. And what that does. This gives the child clear feedback about how they're doing, right? It gives them a motivation that I know, and they get to choose what the thing is that they want to work for, and they get to trade it for it, right? And it's very clear to them. You get three green dots. You get to pick whichever one of these things that you want to have, right? Very clear. And it's not its not only clear to the child, it's clear to the aide. it's clear to the teacher, it's clear to the OT, right? Whatever. And you can change all the variables. You can say you only have to get one green, in one part of that day, and then you can have what, or then it's two, you have to get two green, right? And you can also give them a yellow at one point, the teacher can say, oh, we're not doing so good right now. You still have the opportunity to earn the green. We're not at red yet, but you know, here's yellow. And then the child goes, oh, I got to get it together because I got to, you know, I I need to be able to end up with the green because I know I'm going to get what I'm going to get. But there's all kinds of token economies. I had said before, when my son was in kindergarten, we made up, we took Monopoly money and we cut out pictures of myself and my husband and stuck them in in the center of the Monopoly money um, and then copied them and cut them out. And they were in all different colors and they, they were uh, mommy, daddy dollars and mommy money. And so at the end of the day, if he got a certain number and we were constantly changing it, making him work harder at school um, and do, you know, be clear what it is you need to do to get the sticker. But when you get a certain number of stickers, then you either get one mommy money or one daddy dollar. And when he I think it was like an arbitrary number, like 42. When you get 42 of those dollars, we will take you to Disneyland on that day. We will pick you up from school on the day that you get. And listen, we had to re- rearrange our lives to be able to do that. And we were always sort of, you know, because what if he didn't get the dollar on that day? Because I would be like my, to my husband, you got to have that afternoon off. And then he wouldn't get the dollar. Sometimes that happened. But usually they get real, real motivated to be able to do the thing that they want to do. So it can be a long-term thing, it can be a short-term thing, and but it can be a thing that you can work really easily with the school and it also helps you to know what's going on and to see how they're doing. So I love a token economy. I, I think that they're really, really successful. As a teacher, I loved it um, because if it's real automated and it's real clear, you, you know can be very clear with the student about you're, you're doing a good job and knowing that the parent is working with you. Super fabulous. Now you don't have to um, just do this at school. You can do this at home you can do this for a grocery store trip. We used to do a thing where we would go to the grocery store because the grocery store was the hardest thing for us. Woo! Um, and we would do a thing. And, and sometimes you can say, I, I need for you to do do these three things at the grocery store, or I need for you to not do these three things. Right? So it can be a thing where you've got stickers and every time they do something that they weren't supposed to do, they lose one. And they have five. And if they're out at the end, they don't get the treat at the end, right? Um, We went, uh, we can't show it right now, but we went to the zoo once um, in a series that we were doing. And we're not showing those clips right now because uh, privacy for the other young man that's featured in the video. But we went to the zoo with my son who was older and another little boy on the spectrum. And I didn't have a token economy with me. And I really want, we had cameras and I really wanted good behavior. I wanted to set an example and I wanted good behavior because I was working and, you know, I want good behavior. Right. And I wanted my son to have a good time. So I said to him, What would be a big treat for you today? And at that point, I, I think he was, maybe 10. And he was like, oh, can we go to in and out after we're done at the zoo? And I said, absolutely. So I'm going to, I had a pen in my hand and I said, every time I see you do something really good and being supportive of this other young man or being a a gentleman or being a good listener or being a scholar, every time I see you doing something good, I'm going to make a mark on my hand. And if you get over 30 of them, he was 10. So I could do that and 30 was not, now I would never do that to a five-year-old, right? For a five-year-old, it might be like three or four or five, right? But I said, if you can get 32 of them, I will for sure take you to in and out and you can get whatever you want. And so all day long it was so fun because all day long he would he would go and he would do something and he would kind of look at me and I would go, oh, and I would mark it down in my hand and and at, at the end of the day, so many people were like, your son is such a sweet young man. And he's so polite and whatever. And I was like, I know. And my hand looked like Hashmark city. So, uh, but you know, it, that's what we wanted. That was the, and he, and he saw how much pleasure everybody took in him. And, and the next time I didn't have to do 32 things. Right. And we don't do that anymore. And he gets treats all the time and he treats himself. Um, Well, and um, Christina brought up a a really interesting point that, you know, you can also use a token economy for your sport people that, you know, you can do this with your workers. If you are somebody who is leading people, you know, you know, saying here's what's expected of you and here's the reward that you're going to get when you get it. I mean, most businesses that are doing well run on that kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? Token economy works; otherwise, we wouldn't have money. So, I we're going to be talking more about this as we talk about back to school. Okay, so now moving on, let's go on to our question of the day. And we always ask the question. You guys can be writing into us. Um, uh, oh, I see, Christina. You want to know how, how to make it fun for the support staff? Uh, let's talk about that in a second. But have you started preparing for school this year yet? If you haven't, it's not too late. You didn't miss the boat. I I always. I, I'll be honest with you. I always think to do the back to school episode like September 2nd. And then I always realize, oh, I should have done it earlier. I should have done it the last week in July. And this year I I went, hey, it's the last week of July. We need to do the back to school episode. So just know you are not late. If you have not started preparing for back to school yet, you're not late. But now is a great, 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 great time. Okay. Uh, And some of you may have already started preparing. And if you have extra gold stars, but no takeaways for anybody who hasn't started yet. All right. And then our topic this week, I can't even remember. Did we do a topic on Monday? Traven's going to tell us. I don't even know what it is. Oh, your inner circle. This is so important when we talk about back to school, right? Because you really want to know who you can lean into at this point, because you're about to have to fill out those forms when you go back to school about who can pick your child up in an emergency, who do they call, right? And now we know, having just gone through COVID, how much more important these things are. On March 13th, it was chaos, especially for our special needs kids There were parents who were at work and schools were calling and saying, you need to pick up your kid and There were some parents who couldn't get there with any speed and like, who can I send over to pick up my kid? It's really important to know who your inner circle is. And as your child is going back to school, and for most of you, that's going to be in person this fall, you got to know who that inner circle is because you're going to be leaning into them. And now is a great time to have a conversation, call those people up and say, hey, I was going to put you down as, you know, person to contact a person who could pick up my child. Are you okay with that? is that a responsibility you feel comfortable with? Yeah. Um, it's a good time of year to check in on that. So fantastic. Okay. Let's jump in to back to school because I got a lot I want to say, and I, I hope that you guys have a bunch of questions. Okay. So uh, this is our back to school. And this is the three-prong approach to success. And um, because I, I just feel like if we if we keep things simple, it's so much easier, right? So there's three different areas here that we really want to be looking at. And, uh, and this is just to go back to school. This is not necessarily maintaining, but this is to get us set up for back to school. there we go. Okay. So the three areas that we want to think about are preparing home, preparing school, and preparing the child. And the child could be, I I put child, but um, go easy on me here. The child could be teen adult, right? The the individual who's going to school. And that couldn't fit on the slide. So (laughs) I put child. Um, So these are the three areas that we are going to focus on. Um, And and we've got a different list of things for each one. So let's jump right in on home, shall we? And in home, there's also three different areas that we're going to focus on, the schedule, the stuff, and the ritual. Okay. So let's go right to the schedule. It's really important that right now you do this math equation. I want you to look at a calendar and I want you to see how many days, not business days, how many days is it between now and when your child goes back to school? It's going to be a different number for everyone. How many days until your child goes back to school? So that's one number. I want you to write that down someplace, right? Then I want you to think about what bedtime you think is appropriate for your child when school starts. So maybe you've got 12 days before you're going back to school and maybe right now um, you think that the appropriate time for them to go to bed um, when school starts is 8.30. Arbitrary. It's going to be a different number for everybody, right? And right now they're going to bed at 10 o'clock because it's summer and it's very hard to put a child to bed at 8.30 in the middle of summer. It's practically like in some places, this is super duper hard. Um, do I get to show you on camera? Draven's <laughs> like, don't talk to me. Uh, but anyway, we're going to try to fix the microphone problem, you guys. Come on in. So, um, in any case, you want to think about how many minutes away are you right now from. Do you want me to unplug this microphone? It's over here. How many minutes away are you from the time that you. Oh, this. Okay. okay. All right. Sorry, you guys. We're having technical issues. So how many hours away are... our? How many minutes away from you are from the ideal bedtime that's coming up in however many days? So imagine if you're 45 days from school being starting and you're an hour and a half away from uh, the bedtime that you want them to be in 45 days, what you want to do is uh, take the number of minutes away you are and divide it by the days. So then you're going to know how many minutes per day you need to get them to bed earlier. Now I know it sounds like a lot of math and it's probably hurting your head, but here's why. Because so often we get all black and white with things and we try to do things in big, huge chunks. And it sounds like a good idea. It's like, well, if they have to be in bed by 830 and 45 days, then you're going to do one of two things, right? You're either going to wait 45 days and the night before go, hey, you got to go to bed an hour and a half earlier and let's see how well will that work? Not at all. It's not going to work, right? So there's that um, or we start doing it now and we'll make ourselves miserable for 45 days. I'm proposing something completely different. How about if we just change it by a couple of minutes every day? Now, if you really don't want to do the math equation, cause math hurts your head, pick me, then I would suggest that you just do it by five minutes or less per day. Um, and, and that you try that and and see how that works. How does that sound for everybody? <laughs> like I get hear everybody's like, ah, I don't really want to do that. But, or, or maybe just try it two minutes because what we want to do is a slow, gradual getting back to a bedtime that is reasonable and rational. And it may be that you don't actually get there by the time school starts, but you're within a half an hour which is a whole lot better than being an hour and a half away from the bedtime. Yeah. Um, But you want to start that now incrementally. And if you see that they're throwing a, a hissy fit about it, then reduce the time by even more. Go two minutes uh, instead of doing five minutes. Right. But the other thing is, is that we want to set up a visit, start making your visual schedule for the summer hours. And because we're going to refer to it on a regular basis and it's going to help you to know what you have to do. So what is the, what is the day going to look like when they go to school? So we're going to get up what, you know, we're going to have something that's there about what we're going to do in the morning when we get up and have breakfast good morning, Brian. Um, Then then we're going to go to school. And on the visual schedule, it should be their visual schedule for the day, right? That you'll have class or whatever that you know is going to happen in the morning. Then you're going to have lunch. Then you're going to have whatever, you know, for sure that, you know, maybe you have playground time and then you're going to have class again, and then I'm going to pick you up and then we're going to do homework and then we're going to have dinner and then we're going to have playtime and then you're going to go to bed. And I would start making that. And it can be a craft project that you can do with your child or your teen or your adult, and you're going to find a place in the house to put it. And I would start referring to it on a regular basis, um, to, you know, and your child will see it and they will start to understand because here's the thing, you guys. I love the excitement. I said this about new school, new things, all of that stuff. But for a lot of people, new things equals anxiety. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why it would, right? It's change, and change might be good, it might be bad, and some people are going to go to that. Oh, I don't know, so I'm going to assume that it's scary. And our kids will do this, and they don't always have the way to talk to us about it. So what we're building is a way for them to not have anxiety about this change. We're we're just adding it in slowly so that it becomes a part of their ritual. So by the time they're there at school, it's like, well, of course. I know that I'm going to school because it set it on the schedule. And I know that it did because we did all these other things, right? So make a visual schedule for school time. And then I really want to encourage you to start at least sticking to the meal times on the schedule for school. Because the bedtime and the meals, we want to be slowly working to the bedtime, but we want to get there for the meal time. I know. In summer, sometimes we have cereal at eleven o'clock instead of having breakfast at seven fifteen. I know because it's super duper fun, right? And that sometimes we have dinner for break, we have breakfast for dinner, and it's at eight thirty because it's summer and any and everything goes. That's great, but we're getting to the point where we're getting ready for back to school. So you at least want to start to kind of get that. That regular ritual, because when you eat at different hours, your body goes to the bathroom at different hours and your body stays awake at different hours, right? So if we really want to set ourselves up for success, we will start to have those meal times at those regular times. I know it sounds like not fun, but the truth of the matter is it will make your life much, 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 much easier if you start to do that. And you can do just like I said, with the bedtime, you can do it slowly where it's like, well, if we're having breakfast at 11 o'clock, then tomorrow, maybe we're going to have it at 1030. Instead of eleven o'clock, and then you know, then or do it in fifteen increments. But get yourself—if you cold turkey it and just start school and try to get your child up at seven o'clock to have breakfast at seven fifteen—and you've been having cereal at eleven o'clock—you know what's going to happen. I don't even have to tell you, right? You know it's going to be just super duper not fun. So don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to your child. Uh, It's not the, the recipe for success. Okay, onward and upward. Uh, Okay, now let's talk about this stuff. It's really important that at some point over the summer, and we're going to talk about school in a minute, but we need to talk about what is needed. And it's time to do like a little bit of inventory. Everybody's having sales right now. They're having sales on pencils and notebooks and erasers and things like that. Some schools have glommed onto this and said, teachers have right now, my Facebook is filled with teachers asking for classroom stuff to be donated by friends and family. And some teachers are already posting at their school or at their local Walmart or Target or whatever they're using. Here are the things that I want your child to have. If your teacher is not doing that, I would reach out to the school and say, could we have that? Um, but there are some things that you know that your child is gonna need and it's so different based on where in the world your child is going to school and what age they are and what ability they are, right? Like if you're if you have somebody going to kindergarten, they might be asking for the fat crayons, which you'll never get that request again. Right? They're not college students are not asking for the fat crayons, but college students they might be asking for the college rule notebooks, not the wide rule notebooks, right? So there are very specific things that are needed, and it's time to take an inventory and go, what do they need? But it's not just, you know, the school supplies, it's sort of everything. Is there something that you need in your home? Is there um, you know, does your child need a desk? Like literally ask yourself. What is needed? And then, of course, the next question is where is this stuff going to live? One of the biggest problems that people have in life when school starts is that we're not, we don't have the stuff organized. The stuff is, is you know, it, the pencils aren't in one place because we've been all summer and the beach shoes were in one place. But now it's time to find a place for the pencils. If your child is going to be doing some stuff at home, it's time to create a space that is the space in which they're going to learn that there be a desk there, you know, does it need to have an internet um, connection? Where does it live? If there is learning happening at home, and I see that some of you are, are homeschooling, there has to be a designated area. And it could be that it's just designated at a specific time. Like maybe it's the dining room table is the place where we do the learning, but then be very clear on it. Set a clock and put a sign on the wall that says from this time to this time and have it be, you know, Printed out for them in a picture or whatever, this is the learning zone. And we make that the learning zone and we're not folding laundry on the table when we're in the learning zone. Makes sense. Um, And yes, Christina says we have the sensory diet schedule, right? That's a part of the schedule too that we were just talking about. But right now we're talking about the stuff and it's important to know where does the stuff live? Because if you don't find a place for everything to live, two things will happen. You'll have clutter that will drag you down. It just sucks your energy right out the door. I don't mean to be a militant organizer and I don't need to have it color-coded in the rainbow, right? But if you don't know where the pencils are when it's time to need a pencil, it's going to suck time, right? Um, And you're going to end up losing stuff and missing opportunities to learn. So, Figure out what you need, find a place for it to live and figure out what is the way for organization. You know, that saying when everything has a place, there's a place for everything, then everything has its own place. So, if we know where the pencils are, we know where the pens are, we know where the paper is, we know where the printer is. If right now the printer is precariously balanced on an ironing board, because I've done that in my life before, it's time to find a place for the printer to live. In this day and age, you're going to need to have a printer hooked up somewhere in your house for your child who's going to school. So, we have to find, and you might have to rearrange stuff, and you might have to move some of the decor out. In favor of having the printer, but the printer has to have a place to live. Yeah. Um, And this will save you so, so much time. Uh, Christina's bringing up the backpack. Um, The backpack is a big deal. And I'm going to say to you in a second, when we talk about um, your child, involve them in every phase of this. So when it's time to go shopping for the backpack, get them excited about oh, We get to go shopping for your backpack. This is your third grade backpack. You only get one third grade backpack in life. It's exciting. Let's go pick it out. What color do you like? Do you want one with Paw Patrol on it or do you want one that has Spider-Man on it, right? Let them be a part of the process because that's part of getting them excited to go back to school and um, making it theirs, right? But then you have to figure out where does the backpack live? There needs to be a hook or a shelf or a space that the backpack goes. Because if you don't, you're going to be kicking that backpack. You're going to be tripping over it. It's going to be like, where's your backpack? I don't know. But if we make a space and you can even put a label on it and say, Josh's backpack. Right. And then then it's clear to your child that's where the backpack goes. And later on, when they put their backpack there, you're going to reinforce that and go, good job. And they're going to get a treat for it, whatever. And that's going to make it easier so that in the morning when it's time to go, you're not going, where's your backpack? Backpack which is not the way to start an educational morning, right? Uh, Lori says, yes, my son picked out his Spider-Man backpack and it has a matching lunchbox and he's so excited. That's when you know you're doing it right, right? Get them excited about it. Okay. And then um, next we're going to talk about the ritual because every day that, um, that you're... Oh, I don't did I not make one for that? I guess not. Oh no, it's here. The ritual. It is here. Uh the every day that your child goes to school, you are going to do a dance. It's the ritual. And it's going to be a thing about we're going to get up, we're going to have breakfast, we're going to get dressed. We're going to put whatever lunch into whatever thing or your lunch money into whatever thing or your lunch ticket, whatever it is, into whatever thing we're going to put shoes on. We're going to go to the corner for the bus or we're going to get in the car or you're going to go in the carpool, whatever. And then you're going to ride to the car and you're going to get out of the car with your backpack or out of the vehicle, whatever, and you're going to go in. This is the dance. This is the ritual. If we make it clear to the child what the ritual is and we make sure sure that the steps are all clear and they're successful in all of those things, this will be the biggest gift we can give them in terms of reducing anxiety for starting school. I can't say enough about this because I think it's the place where a lot of us fall apart. Um, and yet I don't know about you, but I'm a high anxiety individual and I can remember as a child, I loved school. I absolutely loved school, wanted to go to school, but the ritual to go to school was often very anxiety provoking and overwhelming to me. And it would make me not get to school, even though I liked what was happening at school. So I'm a big proponent of being kind and empathetic to the people that we love, that we want to go to school and doing everything that we can to reduce that anxiety in the morning. So that starts with all the things that we've just been talking about, a visual schedule of what it looks like. I love parents that have... You know, whatever clock and make sure you have a clock somewhere in your house that's visible. And if it's an analog clock, then you make a matching analog clock. If it's a digital clock, you make a matching digital clock. Um, Some people now have the, uh, you know, the Alexa thing set up and then they have a timer that goes off. But if you don't have that, you want to make something. I love when people have the clock and it says, we leave at this time and it has a a drawing or a picture or representation of exactly what the clock looks like because our kids don't understand time. And we stand there as adults and we're like, we need to get in the car. We're late. We're late. That means nothing to the kids. So if we point to the thing and say, it's time, we need to get in the car, they will begin to understand that. So let's reduce anxiety. Then let's ask ourselves, what can we possibly automate? And you can decide how crazy you want to go with this. But, uh, you know, there was one mom that I actually, you know, before I had kids, I made fun of her. I don't anymore. Um, But when I had to watch her kids for a week while she was going away on a business trip and before her kids went to bed at night, they laid out their clothes for the morning. And I was like, you know, that seems a little excessive for me. And yet her kids got up in the morning and there was no big deal around the getting dressed. They just got dressed and put those clothes on. And away they went. There was no, I don't know what to wear. I don't have socks. You didn't wash my favorite shirt because all of that was dealt with the night before. So, you know, I can tell you we did not do that with my son because I just couldn't get that together. Um, but you can. How much do you want to automate? How like I know people that have uh, on Sunday they make however many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's not peanut butter anymore. It's like nut butter, but it's not peanut butter because you can't have that at school anymore. But they make however many sandwiches, and they have this plexiglass thing that goes in the refrigerator, and they go in like cards into the refrigerator. So uh, and next to it is like the, the box with juice boxes, and next to that they portion out however many fruit packages they have multiple kids, right? And so when they're making the lunches in the morning, the kids can help out and just take from the things. And it's very automated. That takes a lot of prep, but it certainly makes it easier in the morning. So what can you automate? What are you willing to automate? What would help you if you automated it so that it was easier? And visual prompts all the way. The parent that has all the lunch things, they each, one of the plexiglass things in the refrigerator has a sign on it that says, you know, this is where the sandwiches are, this is where the fruit is, and this is where the drinks are. And on the refrigerator, they have a thing, a visual prompt that says, pack your lunch, one sandwich, one fruit, one vegetable, one juice box, and the kids can look at it. And it's all color coded too. I know it sounds crazy, right? But crazy easy when you have a bunch of kids, right? And the kids go in, they take their lunch box, and they know I got to get those things. And that visual prompt helps them to be able to do it themselves, builds independence, and the parents have more time in the morning to be moving everybody out the door. So what visual prompt can you make for yourself or your child, whether it's the clock on the wall, the things on the refrigerator door to help to make it happen? Um, yes, uh, we're going to get to the ID labels and stuff on the, on the clothes. Um, you know, uh, that's coming up when we get to child, but you, got, you guys are already ahead of me. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So, um, then let's talk about school because we got to prep school, right? And we got to make the school thing happening. And the three most important things here for me at the beginning of the school year are to communicate, collaborate, and the roadmap. success. So let's break down what those three things are. So communicate. I think it's really important when you're talking with the school to be clear about what mode of communication you want. Like, do you want to be emailed? Do you want to be text messaged? Do you want to be called? And how often? How often do you want it? What do you want? And I think you should be clear with them. I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't mean you're going to get that. But there's no harm in telling them my preferred, you know, I have said to people, my preferred mode of, of communication is that you text me. But if you need to, call me, email me, whatever. But my preferred mode is that you text me. Um, but where my child is concerned, do whatever you have to do. But the easiest way to get a hold of me is to text me, right? Because um, I think if you don't tell people what your preferred method is, then it's a guessing game. And if you do tell them what your prefer- preferred method is, maybe you'll get it. Maybe, right? Um, but then it's important to ask the equation on the other side. How do they want to be contacted? And realize that every person on the team might have a different preferred mode of communication. I had one teacher that I, I didn't listen well enough. And I was talking to the team and I asked this. I said, how do you want to be contacted? And I felt like everyone said through email, but the teacher had said something and I don't know. I wasn't listening. It glossed right over me. And we went halfway through the year and she was getting really fatutz with me. And I was like, Is there a problem? And she's like, Well, I told you I would really prefer if you, you know, reach out to me on this app. And and you're not. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it's important to ask. It's important to listen if you can. Um, But the other big thing for me at this point of the school year is to talk to the school about what your safety concerns are. Is your child a flight risk? Is your child an eloper? Talk to them about what your personal safety plan is for that at home and what you need from them and and what you think that they should be concerned about. I would start every year by having a conversation with um, people at school about the kinds of things that would trigger my son and how to deal with that, right? Uh, and each year that changed, it was never the same. But it's also critical at this point, um, and I'm trying to think, even if you're going back to school, the latest that anybody goes back to school, I feel like around here is the week after Labor Day but even if you're there people are starting teachers are starting to decorate their classroom they're starting to think that by now they should have should have assigned who the team is they just may not be telling you and that's fine But I would certainly put an email out to whoever the person who is in charge of your child's case at school and say, Hey, just wanting to know as soon as possible who are going to be all the members of the team. Who's going to be the teacher? Is there, you know, if there is an aide, who is going to be the aide? Who's going to be the OT? Who's going to be the speech and language pathologist? And you can say, I'm just getting myself set up. Um, so I'd love to know who these people are can they be identified now they may not get back to you for four weeks um, because they're like that but um, you know they'll know that they need to get back to you with that because you need to know who the members of the team are and and I would suggest that you make a sheet in the dining room or inside a kitchen cabinet that has all the names and what their roles are so that if something, is not going well, you know exactly who to go to, you know, who, what their email is because they have a formula for the school, what the emails are. You can figure it out. Um, and you might be able to, Uh, reach out and communicate and say, hi, you know, I'm Josh's mom and you're going to be his OT for this next year. And we're really excited. We're making a visual schedule for him of what his day is going to look like. Can you just let me know when you know, when, you know, uh, or whatever it is that you want, you know, we'd love to have a picture of you to put on the wall so that Josh knows who he's dealing with, however much you want to do, but you'll be able to communicate with them if you know who's on the team. If they will tell you, uh, okay, so oh I keep pushing my mouse, and my mouse is not among the living. Uh, okay, so then we want to collaborate. I think it's super important. What I see the most successful people at the school um, level are are the people who are trying to collaborate. It's not always easy, but If good collaboration means that we use the preferred communication methods that they told us, that we are clear and concise, I will tell you that the biggest mistake we all read I make is that we use too many words, that we try to tell them the history. We're like, well, you know, in in second grade, we had this moment and he did this and da, 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 da. They don't want to hear it. They really don't want to hear it because imagine they're going to hear that times 42 from the parents. They don't want to hear it. So be clear, be concise, be brief. So if, if what you're concerned about is your child being a flight risk, I would not open with every time that they have been a flight risk. I would open with, I am very concerned because my child is a flight risk and he has eloped before. Now they know, oh, he's done it before. And they might ask you. Well, tell us about what happened before. Then you know, tell them right, and get as specific as possible. But try, 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 try. I know that we all need to download the information about everything that happened. Find a friend to do that with. That's part of your inner circle that we were talking about before. Download to them. Don't download to the school staff. They don't have. They don't have the ability to take it in, and and they kind of fuzz out and then they're not listening to you. And this is important stuff and you need them to listen to you. So be clear, be concise, be brief. Uh, always reward good behavior. If you see someone who's being kind to you, your child, they're being prepared, they're asking good questions, they're collaborating back with you, make sure you call it out and say, thank you. You're so compassionate thank you i feel so comfortable with you say it in front of other people go i'm really excited because you clearly get it like say nice things to them you will find always you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, right? The other thing I'm going to tell you to do is to volunteer and to say to them, what can I do for the start of the school year? Are you having any kind of a back to school event? Like how can I volunteer? How can I be involved in the PTA? Do you have hours where I can come out, come in and help in the in the faculty lounge, like, you know, one of the schools that my son was at, they would have specific hours that parents could come in and just do Xeroxing for teachers, not necessarily your child's teacher, but somebody else's. I'll tell you what, when you show them that you're willing to collaborate by volunteering, they will listen to you more in all the other ways of collaboration. So it's a really important thing to be, to do. And then Read this last one carefully, because I advocate being flexible with the school, except when it's at your child's expense. So you may say to yourself, well, I really want to come in and volunteer, and I'm a lawyer. I really don't want to come in and waste my time Xeroxing for them. I might be able to help them with something actual real that a lawyer could help them with. And you can put that out there, and they may take you up on it. Or they may say to you, well, where we really need you right now is in the Xerox room. And I would say to you, as long as it's not harming your child or at your child's expense, go, okay, and go Xerox for them for an hour. And think of it as time that you donated for the greater good of life, because the truth is it was for the greater good of your child. That you Xeroxing for an hour might be the thing that gets you the teacher that you wanted next year wink, wink. You know what I'm saying? So be flexible, but not when it's at your child's expense. When they say, can you just work with us and be flexible? And if it's at the cost to your child, then I would say to you, big red sign, stop, reevaluate. I'm not saying don't be flexible then, but at least reevaluate because it should not be at your child's expense. Yeah. Um, Okay. And obviously if you, because you guys are writing in about some of the different Um, things that you do for safety, if you have angel sense or something like that, you want to be collaborating with them to understand how it works, when it works, how to use it, how not to mess it up, how to report it, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. Uh, And somebody wrote in, is this where the IEP comes into play? I'm going to be Uh, this is the roadmap to success is where the the IEP comes in to play. For some of you, you're going to start this school year and you already have an IEP that's signed. Some of you are starting and you don't have an IEP signed, but you've had an IEP where there are some things that you've agreed to. And some of you, for whatever reason you have not yet had the IEP meeting. It might be that your cycle started later and you're a fall IEP person. um, But no matter what, No matter what, no matter where you are, there has to be a plan day one. Schools try to skinny out of this and they go, well, we'll just do the IEP at the end of September when we know more information. Don't let anybody get away with it. There has to be a plan day one. And there has to be a plan for safety. There has to be a plan if there's challenging behavior. There has to be a plan for accommodating your child day one. They don't get to add it in later. And the, the, the phrase that I always say when the school is like, well, we'll do it later. I'll say, I always say to them, oh, okay, great. Well, then I'll ask him not to have autism for the three weeks that you aren't going to have a plan. And then they go, what? Oh, uh, you know, it's snide. Uh, it's not everybody's style, but <laughs> I remind them, no, we're not doing that. Have a plan. Here's the thing, whether you have the ironclad IEP and it's signed and you're like, man, I paid a lawyer and we put so much time and energy into this and it's perfect, or you have no idea and don't have an IEP, wherever you are on that, um, and the plan is to wing it, wherever you are on that continuum, here's the thing, you got to check in. And you got to check in often and you, and maybe you need to make a visual schedule for yourself to go. But, but what you're doing is you're checking to see, is it working? Even the best IEP, has the potential to not work because our kids are individuals and there's individuals around them that, you know, it might not work. And maybe we have to go in and tweak things. So you've got to check in often and you have to figure out with the school, how they're going to check in with you. That's why I was saying the token economy thing, It's a built-in way for you to be able to see kind of what's going on. Other people have a, a log that comes home from the teacher that's just they write a sentence or two about today went really well or today we had a really hard time. Right. But you gotta have a way of communicating what's happening and to check often. They're going to do regular reporting to you, um, in the form of a report card or something like that. It's in the IEP that they have to report regularly. It's not enough. You need to get feedback. I would say a little bit of feedback on a daily basis, but then bigger feedback, at least on a weekly basis. And when we all get into the habit of that, we're going to get to more success. The problem is, is that teachers often are so overworked that they're like, oh, it's just one more task, right? So we have to reward them for communicating. Make sure that you are, you know, send little gifts, send little notes. It doesn't all have to be money that you spend. Write to the principal and say, Can you please thank the teacher for being so good about communicating with us? We just really feel so secure and safe with this teacher. That goes into their permanent file. That's currency for them. That leads to promotions and raises and things like that. So, Check often, find the way to check often, reward that success. But here's the other part is when you see that things aren't going well, you can make a course correction. And much, much faster than if you have waited all this time. We're almost out of time. I gotta hurry it up here. So notice that I have reward success again. So when we make a course correction, you know, I've told you many times here on the show that when a plane takes off from Los Angeles and it's going to New York. Most of the time it's off course, incrementally, but and all it does is it keeps course correcting, course correcting until it lands. Think of that as your child's uh, school experience. You're going to constantly course correct. It's never set it and forget it. Not ever. Okay? But then notice how many times I have reward success. It's so important, reward the staff. That's how you make it fun for them, Christina, is that if you reward for success for them, just like you do for the child, then everybody gets in the mode of, hey, I like this. This is good. I get acknowledged when I do this and everybody will do a little bit more. You don't have to believe me. It's scientific. Um, it's what they've been doing in industries for years. Okay. Now let's talk quickly about with the child. We have to set the stage for the child. We, that, this is the, you know, the backpack, the underwear, um, we have to make it fun and we have to practice, practice, practice practice right we we need to set them up with all these things that we've talked about and we need to tell them stories about how amazing it's going to be right so setting the stage is absolutely everything that will involve them what they're wearing uh, I think I called this, um, oh, I said already, we're going to make the space for the learning. We're going to fuss over the costume and hair. So like, you know, because I said setting the stage. So, you know, this might mean um, if if they're tra- traumatized by haircuts, we're not going to go get the haircut, but it might be that we get the new styling gel that keeps it out of their face. Uh, right. Or the, you know, for girls, the new ponytails or whatever. Or sometimes for my son, it meant, that we were going to put a different color hair uh, on him for, you know, on his tips or whatever. And we're going to talk this up. I really encourage this all summer long, say this to your relatives that it's a big deal. It's like, oh, you're going to go to kindergarten. Oh, kindergarten is my, favorite. You know what I love about kindergarten? And and tell everyone to do that with a child. Tell them good stories about what's going to, oh my gosh, you know that I still have a friend that I met in kindergarten. Oh, do you know what you get to do in kindergarten? You get to do this or that or whatever. Um, But I always say, if you can afford it, make a fuss over what the first day outfit is and make a fuss over what you do after the first day, right? Um, So that it feels special. I always would say to my husband, whenever we were going to school for an assembly or something like that, my husband is a very casual guy, not somebody who's like, let me put on a suit. Right. And I would always say to him, I need you to dress up special to go to school because we're always setting the example that what he does at school is special. It's a special occasion. We show up and we show up looking like it's a big deal we got dressed up to come for your thing, that it's always this, Ooh, look at you. You're so awesome. Right. So I say, you know, set that stage that this is exciting. It's wonderful. You're going to have a good time. Tell them those stories. Right. And every way, and there are books that you can get, by the way, you guys that are, you know, um, Third grade, and and it's about all the things about going to third grade, right? So do it, um, make it fun. So we talked a little bit about personalizing it. This is getting the backpack, the lunchbox, the whatever makes them happy. The you know the Spider Man underwear, the shoes that have uh, you know whoever. I, the, when my son went to school for kindergarten, his first day of kindergarten, it, Cars was just out. And so he had the Lightning McQueen shirt uh, and and that was the happiness, right? The Lightning McQueen shirt. So, and we took pictures and made it special, make it special, special, special. Um, and whatever you do, be positive about it, that it's going to be fun. You're going to have a good time. Oh, you're so lucky you get to do this, right? Because we can Debbie Downer it also. We can be like, oh, well, you know, now you're going to miss mom, Please don't do that to your child, right? And I always um, have a thing where it's plan or a treat or a reward for the day. We used to live very close to a place that was like a, a indoor fun place, and so. My son knew you go to school the first day and we built this through ritual. You go to school the first day and then you get to go and you get the play as much as you want bracelet, which was like $17, which at the time was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money, right? But it cemented for him that first day of school is a big fun day. Um, And that's really the thing that we're wanting um, to cement in. Brian loves the volunteer idea to open up the positive dialogue. Brian, I got to tell you, it's so, it's so good. And it's so much more than that. I went to my, I was really struggling with my son's elementary school and just couldn't figure it out. And I'd gone to some of the PTA meetings and I'll be honest with you, I didn't like those ladies. Um, they were not nice. You know what I'm saying? And finally, I um, I went up to one of them and I said, I, I really want to volunteer. Uh, and I was one of those parents that I, I was like, I really want to volunteer, but I just don't know. And my schedule is a little bit weird and I'm not sure how to help out. And um, I said, do you guys do a play? You know, I have, a, I have a master's degree in theater. I used to teach college theater. Can I help at all backstage with the play? And the woman who was the president, and she goes, well, how about if you just do the play? And that's kind of how she said to me. And I said, oh, Okay all right, Um, is there already a play or do I get to pick the play? And and, um, I ended up writing the play. Uh, It was for the women in history thing. And every year... And, and she was like, well, you're it's only with the third graders and your son is in first grade, so you're not going to want to do it for two years. And I said, no, 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 I'll do it. And um, so I went and did it with the third graders, not even involved with my son, but I was on campus every day for like a month. And I learned a lot about how things worked and everybody was so thrilled. And then we did the play and I got to know all these kids and I uh, and for me, that was just fun. And it was a lark and I had to take time off from work and it was very hectic and whatever. But it was like, oh, you know, it is what it is. And then the next year I did it again. And and everybody was like, oh, well, she's going to do it up to when her son is in third grade. And then that'll be the last time she does it. And I continued to do it up through my son went on to junior high and I came back for like one more year until we moved. And I said, I, I can't do it anymore. But I left the script with them. But you know what the biggest dividend from it? And there were so many dividends, Brian. But the biggest dividend was the first day that my son went to junior high. And I was so nervous because it's a big school. And I was like, oh, he's not going to know anybody. And all of these kids came running up to him who were two years older than him that had been my kids in that play. And they were like, hey, dude. And they were like, don't worry, Mrs. P, we got him. And I went, oh my gosh, I didn't realize in all that time that I was just trying to have eyes on what I was putting quarters into a bank for him to have a social life that was bigger than I could imagine. <sighs> right? Um, so I'm telling you, Brian, it's a grandiose thing. Um, so, uh, and you also said my son's Montessori school is not up to par. They still don't know who the speech case worker will be because the other one left. Not good. Tough one. Okay. Okay. And sometimes that happens and and that's where we're going to be flexible unless it's hurting our child. So here's the issue for me is that at this point, I don't know when school starts. I don't know how far away you are from school starting, but it, until the day that it starts, we're going to be flexible but what you want to be careful about is that a lot of schools are like well we're we're going to get through, we're going to focus on core stuff for the first 3 weeks and then we'll start speech. What I want to ask you to do is pull out your IEP and see what it says because most of the time for your IEP for speech it says we'll receive x number of minutes per week. And then you go back to the school and you say, no, I'm sorry, we would be in violation of the IEP if we were to do that. So who is going to be this? And you're nice, 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 right? But who is going to be the speech teacher on week one? Because we don't want him to get behind. And they're going to give you some song and dance about, well, we don't really focus on... No, the IEP says this, um... Yes, but I can't say enough, um, Brian, that volunteering is the doorway into knowing the teachers and how they do things. Um, But it's not just the teachers. You get to know the admin staff and people start to see that you're somebody who wants to be involved and wants to be a part of it. And they get solution minded with you. Honestly, I think it was the the thing, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but don't let them push you around. Don't let them, They they might be in the hiring process and they don't have anybody yet. And that's unfortunately, okay. Um, But on day, week one, they better have somebody. And if they don't, you're going to have to squawk a little bit and say, but use the phrase, uh, oh no, we're going to be in violation of the IEP. Because then that's not allowed. That's a legal issue. And they'll know that they can't frog around with you or your kid. And that's what we're always showing them. Okay. And then the other thing here is practice, practice. So we can play school today, be like, "Hey, what are we going to do today?" We're going to play school today and and let them choose what role do you want to be? Maybe they want to be the principal, maybe they want to be the teacher, maybe they want to be themselves, right? And trade roles with them. And and let's play school today. And you only have to play for 10 minutes today, but let's play school and make it fun. Make it super fun. And you can you can be the student and say, "Oh, what's my homework?" And then sit there and enjoy doing your homework, right? And start playing school lunch. You know, if, if you know that your child is going to be buying lunch and they're going to get that little carton of milk or a juice box, that juice boxes are hard for me and I'm in my late 50s. Like, I'm sorry, that's a hard thing and I need help and support. And I squirted all over myself. Don't let your five-year-old try to figure it out on their own. Play school lunch. Get the lunchbox now. Pack the lunch in the morning, have the child help and say, okay, now we're going to play school lunch and then go sit outside. And go to a park, sit on the picnic tables so that they get used to. How do you sit on a picnic table? That's an OT exercise. How do you put one foot over and sit down and put the other leg over, right? Play school lunch so that it's not this big surprise. And then however many days away you are from school now, somebody's on the campus now and write to them and say, hey, we'd like to visit the school. I want to bring my child and do a, a, a tour of the school and go look at the school and make it fun and give and, you know, go for a treat afterwards and make it super fun. Give them a sticker for going to school and and have them meet the people that are there so that they don't have to be afraid of it. And eventually the teacher will be back on campus. Usually they give them a paid couple of days beforehand. And if your school isn't already doing something where this, where they get to come the night before, and sometimes they do like an ice cream social or something like that, where they get to come the night before ask the teacher can we come in the night before? I even did this with my son when he went to high school. And I said, can we come? Can we tour so that he has a, you know, can he meet the staff, so on and so forth? They will let you do it. Um, and if they don't, it's a problem if they're like no we can't have and I, I i say that but because of covid they might say that but say we'll come masked and you know here's what our vaccination status is they shouldn't give you a problem it should be something that they help and support you with okay i threw a lot of information at you and i went long but i, I take what's useful take what you can apply if it's one thing great um If there's a whole bunch of things here, great, whatever. But the one thing that I want to ask you to do is, is to think about what we just talked about and said, what in here would help me, me to be more successful? What in here would help my child to be more successful? Because that hour that you have before they go to school, when you're getting them ready to go out the door plays a big role in how successful they will be because they're going to meet a lot of stress and challenges during the day. And however you send them out the door is going to play a role in how well they are. So focus on how can I, how can I pack the backpack best for success? And that means reducing the stress, having the right tools, making them feel special, making them feel capable, preparing them for some of the hard moments that may come and just preparing them for the schedule and letting them know what it is. So that's what I've tried to put together for you guys. Like I said, use what you can. I adore you, but it's time. Now is time to start to get ready for back to school. Make it fun Make it think about your favorite year of school and why was it favorite and what were the things that you remember. Almost always, it has more to do with the teacher than anything else. But also think about what in your home environment set you up for success or what made it hard. And that will kind of key you into the kind of thinking that I think we all need to be doing. These are all, by the way. Antecedent strategies, they're all the things of what happens before that we do to set up for success. Another time we'll talk about consequences, but that's a little bit the token economy that when they do well at school. We have a way of seeing it and going, hey, you did really well. So now you get the toy or now you get to play video games or now you get to do whatever. That's the consequence side. Anyway, I adore you all. Uh, Tomorrow we are uh, showing you again last week's episode of Let's Talk Movies because we're getting ready. Each one of the Thursdays now is going to be a different show with different people. Um, and we're, so we've, we, we have let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy. Now we have let's talk movies with Moira and Shannon. And the next one that we're going to be adding is let's talk all the things. And my special guest for that is going to be Rachel bird. Uh, one, I just my bestie, right. Uh, another parent, proud parent. Her son is Kobe bird. You've seen Kobe bird on the show. And Rachel is, oh my gosh, she's Martha Stewart in a Disney dress. <laughs> okay. She can craft, she can cook. She's got more tips for more things about more everything. And is somebody who gets passionate about talking about everything under the sun. So we're going to talk all the things uh, that are there. And Brian, I tell you what we will do is we will make the slides available. Um, we'll figure out how to do that. Traven will tell me how we can make that Uh, a a reality. And any of the things that we do here in these parent-to-parent, if you want the slides, we can make that happen. Uh, Absolutely love that it was good information for you. And kindergarten is going to be so much fun, Lori. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for you. I was so terrified before kindergarten. And can I tell you, I include my son's kindergarten teacher in my prayers every night. Uh, What an amazing woman who was just life-changing for him and for me. Uh, And there's my alarm. Gotta go. All right, you guys, uh, I will be back. We we, we think we have a new uh, Stories from the Spectrum for you on Friday. So you don't want to miss that. It's going to be exciting until then. Give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.